When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to Footy Prime, the podcast hosted by Danny DiCchio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman. Well, there's no point even trying now, is there? We just crushed the introduction and Wong over there, Spike Edney, as we call him, wasn't even recording, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Welcome back to a new year of Footy Prime. James Sharman, Craig Forrest, Danny Dickio, Spike Edney. Spike Edney, you may ask, who is he? <laughs> well, he is the, the, the quiet man behind Queen, does all the keyboards for Queen for many, many years, but no one knows who he is. So he is our Dan Wong. Although Dan Wong's got a personality that perhaps would uh, would belie that role in this band. He's more Freddie Mercury. But still, anyway, fellas, welcome back. How was Christmas? The Great. New year. And the first, uh, what, 13 days of January? So far, so good. Still standing? Yeah. It's mild. It's milder, right? Yeah. Global warming, I'm all for it. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Big fan. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> we should use our platform to, to really promote the advantages of, uh, of global warming. That's right, yeah. All heard it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get that oil out of the ground. I'm fed up with celebrities and all that palaver <laughs> trying to You didn't enjoy the spell. Golden Globes? New wave. <laughs> What's going on in the world? You Climate like, control. You don't, like a, you don't like opinions? No, I much prefer... Uh, Ricky Gervais's opinions and the, the actors and all that. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? You see, I hate award shows with a passion because it's yeah. just this self-grandizing, backpedding crap. But <laughs> if, if Ricky Gervais is going to host it, I'm going to watch it. Is that because you've never been given an award show? Exactly. <laughs> I've got a, a big chip on my shoulder about this. Yeah, if you won an award, you'd be the first yeah, one yeah. out there. I oh, love the awards. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, we can't all make the uh, the Wall of Fame at BMO Field Beach. Sharp, yeah, it's true. But if you were to be given an award, who would you first thank? Who would I first thank? You, probably. Thanks, that's great. Yeah, for be, what? I don't know exactly, but I'd probably thank Deej. Yeah. <laughs> Just for being Just Deej. for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. My, my family will be sitting there in the front yeah, row, yeah. you know, all proud, no tears in their eyes. Oh, this is... <laughs> Before I begin, uh, you know, it's been quite the journey getting to this point, and I'm proud of what I've accomplished, but it wouldn't have happened without, without Danny Dickio. So. <laughs> I'd be in bits on the floor at home. Yeah. It's all about the 24th-minute goal. Yeah, yeah it began that's there. That's what alleviated me to my stardom today. Did yeah. you see, by the way, on, on Twitter, we posted a, an old shot of uh, the footy show way back when. I did an event yes. this past weekend, yeah, thanks, and, and it was it was Deech, KJ, and myself, and it was only, what, probably... 2008, seven, around there somewhere. 2007. Maybe seven. Yeah. And we look great, by the way, but the pants. Yeah. We had wearing these, like, flary pants. Flary like, jeans, it, yeah. within, within a decade or so, we're into this tight pant era, which I despise. And they look so comfortable, yeah. didn't they? That, They're gonna come that shows off your curves, that's why. That's what it is. Yeah. I've got child-bearing hips. Yeah, you, you want to have something loose. <laughs> Bring back the loose fashion. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of tight pants. Yeah. They're, just, they're just not good. Like the jerseys, the football jerseys. Remember them back in the Ta- 90s? Yeah, baggy. Baggy. Yeah. Baggy shorts. The old Liverpool jerseys are hanging off everybody. And now you go to, like, you know, just rec league football, and everyone's wearing these tight shirts, and yeah. they shouldn't be wearing these tight shirts because they're fat it's bastards. Not, it's not doing any favors to a lot no. of players out there. No. Having to put their beer bellies, tuck them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the NFL last night, and the guy's Speaking like scrapping uh, the offensive line. I was like, oh, half of these fellas can't even tuck their stomachs into their shirts. Yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, a lot of these guys, and you see them like, I saw Terry Bradshaw, you know, obviously the, the Steelers legend. He's been doing broadcasting for years. Yeah. And I think they're, they're announcing um, Jimmy Johnson entering the Hall of Fame, and oh, he stood up. Right. 
Terry Bradshaw is massive now. Massive. Massive. That's what I noticed, yeah. 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 And, and why not? You know, obviously, he's been retired for a long time. <laughs> but, I mean, you fellas have done pretty well post, post-career. You're both looking in half-decent shape. It's our body types. When you're six foot five, it's hard to get fat? Harder. Harder, yeah. yeah I'm finding it hard. I eat a lot of chocolate. Yeah. Plus, and, Craig uh, runs 15 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, there's that, I suppose. Yeah. Top condition. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you're around football still. Like, you know, you're, you're coaching every mm. single day. It must be hard to get out of shape. Well, no, it's not hard because uh, <laughs> when, when you're a footballer, and Craig will attest to it as well, you can basically eat what you want. You're meant to eat a healthy diet which is going to help your performance. But at the end of the day, you're burning off so many calories and whatnot through training sessions every day. The workload that you're putting in, it, it just burns it off, especially at a younger age. As you start to get later on into the later stages of your career, that's when you can start feeling stuff starting to pile on a little bit and you're getting a little bit heavier and slower. And I think that's when players really start to look at their diets. But I, I try to eat what I ate. When I was playing, I, I eat a pretty healthy diet anyway. Uh, I drink at weekends, but I don't really try to drink during the week unless I've had a, a stressful day at work, which is getting pretty evident now. <laughs> I'm drinking every day. <laughs> but, um, no, I think it's just, as Craig said as well, your body type. I try to run every day. I go for like a 15-minute run, which is a, a laboured jog. <laughs> but it just keeps my heart ticking over. How are the joints? They're, they're Okay. Yeah. If, if what I, about your bones? It's actually if I, <laughs> <laughs> the joints actually help the bones. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I meant. They're but, great uh, actually. <laughs> Those big cannons every morning. But I find if I if I don't do anything, I wake up worse in the morning. So I've got to keep my body moving in in a certain way. I'm on the field for like four hours every day with with the players anyway because I, I help out with one session and then uh, the session after it. So that keeps me up and and moving, but. As I said, I try to run every day. I get in the gym for at least half an hour, do some some kind of exercise, which keeps me ticking over, keeps the the brain just fresh as well. Just pick up the dumbbell well. and no, I don't really do weights or anything no more. I, I just go for a run or, and do some like core work, abs, just to keep my back in in yeah. shape as well. Because I've got to look after that. I had two operations on my back as well, so I've got to keep everything ticking over. And what about you, Craig? You've been retired uh, quite a while now. You have no intention of going to the game, do you? Going to the what? The game. No. No? No. You <laughs> don't need to, though, right? Because you're, you're a relatively no, naturally fit No, I think, I think fit, everybody needs to. It's good for you. No, of course it's it is. It's good for everybody. Of course it is. But when you, when you look, brain. When you look yeah. back, do you right. ever think, though, <clears throat> back to when you're in your prime and like really like legitimately a fit fit person? You know? mm. You're know, playing in the Premier League. You're one of the fittest, even a goalkeeper. You're one of the fittest people in the world. Even a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Our training was like really intense. It was different. It was very anaerobic. Yeah, right. As opposed to these guys who are doing more cardio, cardio, like, uh, longevity, aerobic. yeah, aerobic, yeah, mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. longevity sort of stuff like that. But yeah, so if they came over to do our training, which sometimes did you ever do goalkeeper training just yeah. for fun? Yeah, it was, it, you know, like it that. is tough. You're, you're on the ground, you're jumping up. You're yeah. on the ground, you're jumping up. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they, they tend to find that difficult. But if we go for like a wrong, long run, most goalkeepers struggle. Yeah, except for Ludic McClosco. Yeah, he was a beast. I heard beast. Six front, foot front six, Czech Republic, absolute animal. Just naturally, naturally a monster. Incredible. We used to tell him we'd be like me and uh, David James, Shaq Hislop, and a couple of the young guys, Stephen Bywater. We'd be right at the back, which we're totally allowed to be, right, as a goalkeeper. And then there's Ludic right at the front, like just motoring past each other in a five, ten k run. You name it, he'd be the first. Did you hate him for it? Well, we pull them aside. So, literally, you're making <laughs> yeah. us look, you're making us look really bad here. yourself, son. <laughs> yeah, bring, it, bring it back a couple of miles. Yeah. They used to they used to get some of the young lads coming back off injury or something, and they say, "Oh, you go for a little run. Uh, you're going to go with the goalkeeper, Ludic." And yeah. they'd be like, "Oh, perfect!" And then he'd lap them around the training ground. Oh, Jesus, these yeah. young guys that kill me mentally. Yeah, <laughs> actually, at TFC, yeah, with our younger players, goalkeepers coming through now, we're seeing a, a totally different profile now where. Like even in the the sprint test, the running test, a lot of these boys, their their physical presence and the way they can run, they're like they're like wide receivers now, Craig. You know, yeah. they can obviously catch a ball, they're good profile, good height, but they can fucking run as well, like yeah. properly sprint. And yeah. I don't know if that's going to help them in the long run mm-hmm. because nowadays the modern day goalkeeper obviously has to be able to jump, dive, but he also has to play with his feet as well. 
And that's the biggest problem we're having with our younger keepers is trying to integrate them into like possession games with the outfield players to try and get their feet a little bit more comfortable when in possession of the mm-hmm. ball. But the profiles, the physical demands of the game, they're, they're, they're really, really high up there. Are, are they big boys yeah. still? Or big boys, it, tall boys. Yeah. 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 What is the perfect goalkeeper like size-wise? I don't think uh, I've argued with our goalkeeping coaches about this. I don't think there is no perfect goalkeeping size anymore. Mm-hmm. I think different... Uh, profiles have different attributes. We look at our first team goalkeeper at Toronto FC, Q, who's not over six foot, but a very good shot stopper. Is he going to come out and collect crosses every cross? No. But with mm-hmm. the, the ball in possession, he understands his role as a sweeper. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. And there's there's mm-hmm. been numerous goalkeepers in the league, in the MLS, that have been under five foot nine, five foot ten. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say the taller goalkeepers have a presence and, and mm. good attributes as well in coming. Well, remember when the Man United brought in Fabian Bartes? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the good tallest. Example, yeah. yeah, but he was very much a sweeper keeper, and they didn't really need anybody that needed to be a shot stopper. Such they needed a, somebody at the back. That Edison was, now as well at City, he's not the tallest of goalkeepers. He, he's a good size. Mm-hmm. Pretty good size. Pretty good yeah. size, but very good with his feet. He's basically their sweeper. He's the controller that kind of conducts what's going on at the back there. Mm-hmm. They're very, um, they trust him. The defenders trust him with the ball when playing it back to him because they know that he's the, the, the back of the diamond or whatever shape they're playing City in starting another attack or progressing the ball onto the other side. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so the, the top clubs, I mean, whatever league you're in, the top clubs are using the, the goalkeeper's distribution as a weapon, right? Yeah. More and more now. Absolutely. Um, but lower leagues and lower down, perhaps, in each league you've seen pretty much, you know, goalkeepers still, you know, Winging it up the up the field when they get half the chance. So, do does a, a goalkeeper's skill set have to change depending on what team he's on? Do, do you find that? For well, example? sure, and also the conditions that you're playing on non-league or lower divisions, their pitches aren't right. Brilliant, right? Mm. And I think that even Pep, under certain circumstances, is not going to play around the back if the pitch is really bad condition. Helps that Edison can ping it hundred yeah. yards, yeah, <laughs> on both Open feet. things up. Yeah, it's, I think I, where the game's going at the very top end, I, I really like what I'm watching. I mean, the teams, Liverpool, Man City, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid. I mean, they've been doing it for a long time, but the the football is really brilliant. You know, we're watching Man City yesterday against Aston Villa. Aston Villa, and what? There's a team that would crush any top amateur side, any you know anybody in the second division, third division, and they're getting crushed. Like they just could, they were chasing shadows. Man toyed City, with, toyed with yeah, them. Yeah. Villa's in a bit of trouble though, aren't they? Yeah, like they're in some trouble. Way, yeah. right? But it just shows you the top of the end of the Premier League, even in the bottom. Yeah, yeah Villa goes down in that championship, and they would they would be uh, very competitive. In fact, they came up through it. So, do you th- do you think the Premier League has got even further apart now, Craig? Because I, I had this argument with my dad when he was over from England, and we were saying that the bottom place teams are faring even better against the top place teams now. And I said, I don't think so. I said, I think that the top three or four teams have separated themselves by such a large margin now that on, on any given day, the likes of City, Liverpool can smash someone 8 nine nil. Oh, yeah. And in reality, City, they missed two or three chances oh, yesterday yeah. where it could have been another 8 or 9 nil. Mm-hmm. But then I go back to it and I look at teams like Sheffield United have just come up. I watch Norwich who are struggling at the bottom, but they still try to play nice football. They still try to play progressive football, but it's not working for them. They're losing 4-0 at Man United. Mm. And, and maybe and I don't usually I don't usually agree with my dad a lot. We we, we butt heads a lot as as you do with your old man, but <laughs> I got to think sometimes that like the, the, the bottom place teams are getting a little bit further away from those, those but when you say the bottom teams don't you mean quite frankly at this point there's a, there's a two team league right really yeah. with respect to Leicester mm. who, are, who are dropping off a little bit now we're seeing that with respect to Leicester it's Liverpool and it's City and there's a big gulf right mm. and then you've got a battle with some teams pretty close including the Blades as you mentioned there who are having this you know if, if not for Liverpool's you know unbeaten run yeah. it might be the story Sheffield United at yeah. the moment, right? Yeah. And you've got a big you know, bunch of teams fighting, and then you got, you know, like, from there it goes down. There's more parody. There's quite a lot of parody, I think, beneath the top two. I, I would even say it, it's not, and this is what I argued with my dad about, I said it's not just the bottom place teams we're talking about. I think it's more the focus on the central group of teams mm-hmm. that have got further away from the top. I think the central group of teams like your Everton's, 
uh, your Brightons, uh, even Watford are starting to get back into that group because they, they had a really bad start, are moving further away from the top place teams. And there's kind of uh, Premier League 2 starting to appear. It is. At, uh, between place 10, where Arsenal are at the moment, and all the way to the bottom. Bottom place teams have gone to Arsenal, or Arsenal have gone to them and got results. Mm-hmm. Okay, Arsenal are going through a little bit of transition, but I think, as you said, those top two or three teams have, have pushed further away from the rest of the Premier League. It's could, not... could you argue that back in during the Invincibles of Arsenal, we could argue that maybe there was the same? Uh, my argument now is that Arsenal drew a lot of games that year. Where you look yeah. at Liverpool this year, what if they they've won? 20 out of 21? Yeah, yeah. out of the last uh, 90 points, they have, I think, 88. Which is crazy. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. So at what point do... I mean, we've been championing Man City the last few years as being the greatest Premier League team we've ever seen, right? <laughs> it's debatable, but they're certainly you know, up there. Yeah. At what point do we put this current Liverpool team in the same bracket? I mean, 97 points last year wasn't enough. We know that. Incredible. But this year, my God, I mean, they just stepped it up further. Yeah. And they've got a European Cup to their name. Yeah, and they've done it with, uh, you know, spending, you know, responsibly. That's a weird really. I mean, outside of Van Dyke, two fullbacks, reasonable price. Uh, Salah. Van Dyke looks a slip now at 70 million. Doesn't now. he? Right? <laughs> I mean, when you're winning stuff, like they can't stop winning now. Yeah. But you, you know, we you, we you, talked you, for years about, oh, they couldn't get a center back. they defensively terrible. The goalkeepers can't seem to get that right, in and out. And then finally they uh, bring in him and... Uh, and Allison a and few Allison months later. Well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that gives it back. But I think Van Dyke's the one like <laughs> that, uh, you know, playing with somebody like him in front. But then you're seeing under Klopp uh, team... Players keep improving, though. I mean, Jordan Henderson, who you've been quite critical of yeah. over the years. I mean, this year, he should get some some votes for Player of the Year, quite frankly, the way he's playing and, and dominating games and playing in, in different roles. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that was a poor man, Stevie Gerrard. Well, he's got That's more right. trophies than Stevie Gerrard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> now, yes. Listen, I'm never going to compare him to Stevie Gerrard, no. really, because I'm a big Gerrard fan. But it's at what point do we say this guy is a club legend and should be given a bit of credit finally? I, I think, mm. you have, uh, and I'll hold my hands up, you have to give him uh, a little bit of credit. I've been critical in the sense that I, I just never felt that he was a Liverpool player, a Liverpool-caliber player. But I look at some of the players Liverpool have signed over the years, some of the terrible midfielders that they've had, and I can't even go through them all now, but uh, you look at what he's done and what he's brought to this team that took it to togetherness of bringing all the foreign players like streaming for that one goal of of playing the way that Klopp wants them to play but having that winning attitude week in week out which is very difficult to do um I still I, I still think if you put Stevie Gerrard in this team <laughs> he walks in, in in place of Henderson it, we're talking about a totally different um beast here but he's in the team at the right time surrounded by players like if you had Salah, Mane, Firmino, who I love Firmino. I think he's one of the top strikers in the world at the moment. With Stevie Gerrard in behind him, you're, you're talking domination for like years. You can always improve, right? And the, yeah. Even the great teams can always improve, but it's keeping that. But Henderson's surrounded by so many more, so much more good players than Stevie Gerrard was. And no disrespect to the players that played with Stevie, but the players that Liverpool have now, they have developed a, a group of players. They've scouted very well. They've uh, purchased the right type of players. I thought Ginny Wijnaldum was fantastic at the weekend against Spurs. Yeah. He's a he's an unsung hero as well. And you yeah. you look at Gomez who's come in. Either, right? No, yeah. and you look at Gomez who's come in next to Van Dyke. They, they've got so they've many had injuries, clean sheets right? now. And the depth that's a concern isn't a concern now because you're right. They they lose Gomez for much of this season. Yeah. Uh, then Matip gets hurt. Then Lovren gets hurt. In. in comes Gomez again, and he's fine. Right, Fabinho's bit. December. Last time we were on this show, we're you know lamenting this ridiculous schedule for Liverpool in December. Yeah. Well, they won every game apart from the it. Carabao Cup, which didn't count because it was literally the day after. Yeah. You know, it was a C team. Yeah, even, team that was impressive after the World Club, Club Cup coming back, yeah. Yeah. and then they go to Leicester without Fabinho, who's been out hurt the entire time. Yeah. It's traveling all that way, coming back. I mean, they're just not riding on this crest right now, and they're yeah. just loving playing football. I mean, it just they're happy, right? They're happy. There's How no, there's no not news happy? stories linking players with other clubs. You don't right? want to go You don't hear else. that. No. Well, we haven't even spoke about the two horses at fullback as well. Oh, I know those guys. Robson and Trent Alexander Arnold. What really? can he become? Do you? I just as think, an English player, like 
for for me, I was uh, arguing with my son Franco at the weekend, and he's. I said, if Trent Alexander is not. The you, fullback. Your family. You, you a lot of arguing yeah, here, yeah, Daddy. Yeah, it's great. Can you imagine the house. <laughs> silly. D- domestic. Sitting in my living room is like a. Like, should we, should do a we should do a show <laughs> from my living room. Watching yes, we game. will. Can we do that? That would be the funniest thing ever. Yes. Okay. Right. He was trying to tell me that Trippier is the starting fullback for England. I'm like, okay. Are you. Like. Well, you've been smoking. You've been smoking. So, Dad's joints. Alexander Arnold is the fullback for England for the next 15 years. You know? Oh, and, and he might... I mean, I, hyperbole is an easy thing to do, right? In football, we know that. And we see these great players come along all the time, right? But there's something about him. Right? Trent Alexander, he is just... He, he does nothing wrong, right? And in attack, with the way the fullbacks have, have evolved over the years, yeah. I can't remember a player, aside from maybe Beckham, who can deliver a ball that well from the right-hand side. He's incredible. But yeah. overall, they're just like and we we spoke about it last year when when they were on TV, when we were on TV. Seems like light years ago now, it doesn't right? it? But they're just a joy to watch Liverpool. You know, some games you're watching and you go, oh, I "Can't wait for this game to be over." It's done. But they're just a joy to watch from minute one to ninety minute because there's a, a philosophy of a style of play that when they have the ball, they're looking to always attack. They're looking to unsettle teams and and try and provide chances. And then when they don't have the ball, they're very aggressive in trying to win the ball back. And for me, that's football. Yeah, you know, that's football. I look at some teams where, like Villa yesterday, they were basically in the Mourinho block from minute one. You can't play that way against Man City. Yeah, you can't play that and way. Then against they conceded Man City. early. Yeah, then, you uh, invite <laughs> the pressure. You think oh, but Man he says, City have he never says, played? He says they should have got something out of that game. No, but uh, are you telling me Man City <laughs> have never Mourinho? <laughs> but you're telling me Man City have never played against a low block before. Every so week, pretty much. Suddenly they yeah. go, oh shit, we're going to have to adjust our style of play here. They train against a low block every day. Yeah. We used to always ask on, on the show, we used to always ask, I ask you guys, okay, how do you play against Man City? You know, you try a low block, you try, you know, you high press, it all fails. How do you play against them? So that's, how do you play against Liverpool? What do you do? If, if you're an opposing coach, how do you, you know, find a way to get something out of that match? Well, that's a that's a million dollar question. I mean, you just got to try and catch them on a day when you're playing at your very best, and they're maybe not. That's where I thought that that Leicester game for Liverpool after the World Cup Cup might have been an opportunity. Brendan Rodgers at home, banana skin for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good Didn't opportunity. Turn out that way. Did not turn out that way. They they were fully on top. Leicester were pretty unlucky at Anfield, though. Remember the penalty decision given late mm-hmm. on? I don't remember that at all. No, yeah, sorry, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yeah. But there's, there's certain ways when you're approaching playing teams like Man City, Liverpool, or whoever it is, like, you have to try and pinpoint their weaknesses. And I look at City, I look at Liverpool, and you can go around the team and go, where is their weakness? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, are they slow at the back? No, no. Van Dijk can run 100 metres. Like, Do you see Gomez track down? He fouled in the end. He fouled. I forget who it was now on the Saturday game, but Gomez... Like he can open up a, a diagonal run, you know, half the pitch, and, and he caught the guy and fouled him. But the pace of a centre back, mm-hmm. yeah, my God, is ridiculous, right? There isn't a weakness. You're right. You just hope they have an off day, and at some point they'll probably lose a game. But they can now; they can afford that, right? Yeah. And they've, they've they've earned that right to lose a game or have a bad one. Oh, I think yeah. I think they'll be very upset if they yes. lose again. Yeah, that's in their head now. Just like they, I think they know that they've won the league, but they want to go out as. Or, uh, like the Invincibles, they want to go. But if they if they yeah, say they wrap this thing up in March, which is quite possible, right? March. Oh yeah. And there is still the Champions League. Thirty five points they need now. Is that I don't know? Yeah, is that what it is? Thirty five points they need. So say say it's March or even April, but they're still in the Champions League at that point. You know, quarterfinals, whatever. They they can then focus on Europe, right? And then they can perhaps switch off in the league a little bit. Is that perhaps the the only way you're going to see this team drop? I don't think that's yeah. how he works. I don't think that's how Jurgen yeah. Klopp works. Hmm. He wants to win everything. He wants to be in every game. How many? At some point, to go on that message be. must become tough to take, though. I mean, obviously, no, this, not, not this year, I get that. But, I mean, you, you saw at Dortmund, right? This is a guy, Klopp, who was an absolute legend. He was considered one of the best managers in the world. This team played the best football. They dethroned the great Bayern Munich a couple of times. Almost won the Champions League. But then right. something happened, right? And the message was lost at Dortmund. Happened there. When might that happen here? Was the message lost, or did they lose a couple of... They lost Lewandowski. That would be something. Goza. Yeah. Royce is hurt. uh, All right, fair enough. Remember when we (laughs) (laughs) spoke? If they lost a few at Liverpool, they lost Van Dijk now. Yeah. That wouldn't be ideal, would it? Salah, Firmino, Mane. I mean, if they lost everyone, they would struggle. You're right. 
Yeah. <laughs> remember yeah, when, when we spoke to Spoonie and we spoke about like how the players like don't lose the message, how they keep buying into the message. I think that the players are policing that now. I don't think the mm. message is even coming from Klopp. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like this internal will to break all kinds of records and yeah. win as much as we can with this group of players. Because, you know, as players, even when I played on really good teams where we, we either won championships or cups, whatever it is, or we were successful, we knew that it wasn't going to last because the top players would always get picked out. But at Liverpool, where are those players going to go, Shams? You're, cha- you're European champions. You're yeah. world club They're a champions. destination now, you're right? You're Premier League champions. Yeah. Does Mane want to go to Real Madrid where Real Madrid yeah, are going for a little bit of transition? Yeah. I yeah. think he's a humble kind of guy to say, this this club and this manager gave me my chance to win things. But, I mean, does that does that kind of club mentality evolve or are you kind of fortunate having the personalities that will embrace that? And this seems like, it's a very likable team, right? They seem like good guys. Yeah. Often you don't have that. You see teams that brilliant, brilliant teams, but they for a year or two. But then eventually the egos get in the way and they yeah. explode. Look at Chelsea. Chelsea uh, yeah. They forced out managers, right? That little group. It was almost too powerful, right? Oh, yeah. At Liverpool, it, it might happen, but mm-hmm. at the moment it seems that they're all good mates. They they, they love the, the the project, so to speak. Yeah. Um, is that luck or is that evolve? Is that come? No, from the top? it evolves. But like Danny says, it doesn't last forever, and. They're on the cusp of doing something incredible. I mean, if they could go unbeaten for this season, the, the amount of points they can get, crushing Arsenal's record, that is in the back, like you say, in the back of the players' minds, and the manager doesn't even have to say anything. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, that's what you're... Winning that's helps what, as well, huh? To yes. keep that morale and to keep oh, that... It's that, easy. That, of course, yeah. It's easy. When things go sideways a bit, then that's yeah. when it's you're showing your strength as a manager. How many great, great teams full of characters didn't win and it all yeah. fell apart mm-hmm. right it happens it's all the time lot. I'm sure right mm-hmm. but you have to, you're right that, that inner belief no matter what level of sport you play you have a good team that wins has that, that brotherhood within it mm. right so to speak sisterhood in the case of you know US women's team you know just that togetherness yeah. and you need that right it's, it's rare that you have a bunch of 11 individuals going out there and, and winning never at least not winning this way you win you yeah. can win and then you can win this way yeah. and it's damn fun to watch isn't it yeah Lots of changes this past uh, Christmas period yeah. in the managerial ranks, right? Like a lot of different. The, the, the league looks different now than when we last spoke, right? So you got Nigel Pearson at Watford, uh, Moyes at West Ham, Carlo Ancelotti at Everton, which still just sounds really weird. Um, <laughs> Arteta at Arsenal, of course, Jose at United, Spurs, and of course, uh, sorry, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only will be leaving United yeah. probably relatively soon. Um, which do you think has the, has the chance of blowing up or which has a chance of defining a new era for the, those clubs? Uh, it seems Arteta or Arsenal feels right, doesn't it? We'll see. If they give him some support, and uh, it might take some time to change that. It's uh, Obviously, Emery was a good manager. There's no question about that. And he's been successful in the past and he'll be successful in the future as well. Um, but it didn't work there for whatever reason. It just shows you maybe what Wenger was dealing with. Uh, during his time when he exited, um, going through this phase uh, that they need to get right. Guys like Pearson at uh, Watford, off to a great start. And really, when you look at his career with his Leicester situation, how well they did at the end of that year. So his, his he, winning he record could, He right could have now, been Ranieri, he, if not for his right. son. If not for, yeah. <laughs> he, he basically built that Leicester team. Yeah, him and Shakespeare. Right, and they're back That's together right. again now, Watford. Mm-hmm. And they, they've only signed to the end of year, so the well, big it's, question it is for Watford, Watford <laughs> which is, I think they've made the right decision, their their best decision in a long, long time, because we know the Puzzle family. Yeah, will they let Pearson, who's doing himself the world of wonders by showing Premier Leagues that probably have interviewed him to take him on, that he can still coach at the highest level? He's done a fantastic job with this Watford team. I've, I've looked at a couple of interviews by the players saying this is exactly what we needed. We needed a British-style manager to come in and implement some structure, some discipline to this group. And it's worked well so far. And even if he doesn't get the job and the Pozzos decide to bring in another Italian coach who is going to last, or a Spanish coach, last for three months, I think this role is going to be perfect for Pearson for his future. Arteta, I'll go back to Arteta. I've definitely seen a change in their style of play, but again, we go back hunger, to the, right? we go back to the message of when you're winning or, or or staying in games. The likes of Obama Yang who got sent off at the weekend, Lacazette, 
do they continue to buy into it? He can do it with the younger players, for sure. Mm-hmm. But the older, experienced guys, they're the ones you've got to win over. And like Craig said, you know, will he get support from the yeah, board? He needs a couple of January, transfer windows. And then obviously next summer. But yeah. definitely a change in style of play, which is pleasing. They've they shown that they have got a bit of fight in them, A little them, bit right? more hunger, a little bit more... Must yeah. piss off Arsenal fans. Like, where the hell was that fight before? Yeah. You talk about, you know, at Liverpool, how, how, how the group is, that the players Together, are kind yeah. of... Where's the group at Arsenal? Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't exist. Well, they lack leaders. Yeah. Yeah. My big, big worry is Ancelotti at Everton. For who? Everton or Ancelotti? For Everton. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like, I love Ancelotti. I'm a Milan fan. He was a fantastic player back in the day, but I just feel, I, I really feel that he's past it now. And we saw him at uh, uh, Bayern lose the group. Mm hmm. Uh, there was questions over his training sessions and his approach. Uh, Napoli didn't really do too well there, and they're very different teams to Everton. Very right? different. They, they have teams. star power. They have great players. Yeah. Everton is a is a is a mess because of the guys they brought in the last two or three years. There's, yeah. there's been no game plan. It seems right. And I, I think that they want to be competing in, in the top six. They've spent that way. Mm-hmm. Whether it's been intelligently and bringing the right players in. They've got a couple of nice players there, but I just, uh, I, I'm worried for Carlo Ancelotti and Everton. I, I think that could be a big bust. He loves obviously working still. Mm-hmm. I mean, going by way when he took on the Napoli job, I mean, he was out of work for a while. Wanted to give it an, at least one more crack. I think he wanted that to last <laughs> longer than it did. And then he takes this Everton job, which is, yeah, like Danny said, it's an interesting one, really. But, a difficult one at the same time. At what, Big what, challenge. At what point like, do careers get tarnished? I mean, Angelotti, obviously a legend, he's won you know, so many trophies, Champions Leagues, right? But the last, like, it's the last number of clubs, it hasn't worked out. A bit mm. like Jose Mourinho. Mm. At what point does the, the reputation get tarnished and he's remembered more for the failures than the, the successes? Mm, I guess it depends on what club he ends up at and where yeah. he's successful. But uh, he's been successful uh, many times. Can't take away those Champions League no, trophies. No, not <laughs> no. at all. Not at all. I mean, it'd be easy for him. Here's a guy, you know, they just love the game so much. And they love the the Saturdays and the, the buzz. And remember Bobby Robinson was asked, like, at his age, why, why does he still do it? And he, he said, I just don't want to be at Sainsbury shopping <laughs> groceries at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I don't want to do that either. Yeah. Is yeah. that right, Ancelotti... Uh, spends a lot of his time in Vancouver, Craig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, 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 his wife is Canadian, right? Yeah, he's good friends with uh, Victor Montagliani. So he spends he some time in the coffee shops stuff, in yeah. Vancouver. It's cool. Yeah. yeah his wife's that, from there, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, imagine walking down the street in Vancouver and seeing Carlo Ancelotti. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. and not hardly anybody would recognize him. No, exactly. You know. I mean, he's, he's, it's funny. He's a fascinating Even, guy. He's got interests outside football as well, mm, right? He loves yeah. the game. We know that. But he, yeah. he's a big motorcycler. Yeah. Cyclist. Cyclist, not cycler. Motorcyclist. Cyclist. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks, Ed. There's no pedaling now. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he's a big blow up, we'll, we'll find yeah. out. But uh, He'll end up in Vancouver. That's where he'll end up when he's what? finished. Vancouver or Vancouver Whitecaps? No, no, Vancouver. That'd be a coup, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. That announcement. Yeah. Got Colin hey, Angelotti. Let's hope not, because we're a big fan of their current coach. Yes, Dos Santos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, British managers, you were talking about Nigel Pearson, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's, it's nice to see an English manager get a chance. I thought it'd be Gary Megson getting their next opportunity. <laughs> he's available now. In fact, you know, it's funny. You know, the whole uh, this whole whole Harry and Meghan leaving, Mexit. right? Mexit, right? I thought it was Gary Megson who got a job in Europe. Oh. I thought, oh, Mexit, I thought Mexit was Gary Mexit, nothing to do with uh, Megan. Okay, I, we need to ask Danny what his dad thinks about Mexit. <laughs> <laughs> or Brexit. No comment. What did, your dad say? what did your dad say about Harry? He must have had an opinion. Uh, my dad doesn't like the Royals. I didn't think he would. No, he's he's all for Brexit, though, my dad. M- most yeah. dads are. I no, find. but my dad's an immigrant. <laughs> My dad's an immigrant to England. Yeah. He this? hasn't got an English passport. Yeah, he's the type of guy they want to kick out. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Dad, you're voting for Brexit. <laughs> you're going to get the old... Yeah. Okay. There comes a certain point in an old man's life where they lose their mind. My dad's lost his. <laughs> and he'll be listening right now. So, Dad, yes, you have lost your mind. Yeah, but he'll forget but, it by then. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> they forgive easier, too. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. There's yeah, some resentment. There's some deep-seated resentment there, I think. Yeah. Had a few... Points of my old man this Christmas as well, and comes a certain point where you realise 
it's just no point arguing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to change his mind. No way. <laughs> That'll be us one day. Yeah. Not far off, actually. Yeah. No, the worst is when your missus says to you, you're so like your dad. Oh, I know. Oh. <laughs> I hear myself sometimes too. Thinking, Whoa, scale it back, Charmin. Yeah. Scale it back. She's like, do you not like see it or hear it? I'm like, yeah. no. Of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, there you go. How about you? How about you start looking like your dad? Yeah, I know. I look my my old man. Already. With the beard, I got to tell you, Danny's beard is magnificent right now. You look a bit like Roy Keane. Roy Keane. Yeah, yeah. Ah, nearly. Right. Is 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 we'll get a picture. It's obviously on YouTube. We'll see that later this week. But we'll get a picture after this podcast because it's it's groomed nicely. It's groomed. And nicely. and the wife's okay with it. Uh, yeah, no, she likes it. Really? She's about the only one that does like it. You look yeah. very can- like Canadian. You look like almost like a lumberjack. Listen, I've been here 12 years now. He is yeah. Canadian, Craig. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course he is Canadian. <laughs> Trevor Sinclair wondered what happened to your accent. Yeah, he did. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of my mates do. I had a beard going over Christmas. My Christmas <laughs> and beard. We still and, and, and can't and what, understand him. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? The subtitles on yeah. you. Yeah. Me, me and Wonger watched uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking oh. Barrels just so uh, he could... Uh, Maybe oh, understand Jones. you a little bit better. The boys at uh, <laughs> TFC, like some of the coaches were saying, oh, we watched uh, Snatch over Christmas. It's like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. They went, we didn't fucking understand a word they were saying. <laughs> I said, well, it's very hard. Like this uh, London Cockney accent, a lot of su- uh, South London guys in there, but also the Pikeys, the Gypsies. I said Brad Pitt was amazing in that movie, like, but they couldn't understand a word. I said, that's a big, big underground of London is is the gypsies. Like, I used to live near a gypsy caravan park as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were funny times, but they were ruthless. Speaking of that, we had uh, at the training ground, we had uh, Big Dave at the door. He was yeah. our bouncer. Security. security guy. Big Dave. Big softy. <laughs> He's awesome. Anyway, so that down, you know, at that training ground at West Ham, they go down yeah. the end of the road, there's a T-junction. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. You either go into the training it's ground. It's dodgy. <laughs> you can't even spin around. So these, the, the caravan of uh, gypsies come down on the end of the road, take a right, left into the training ground, and they stop right there. And Big Dave there, comes in to meet some. What are you guys, what's going on? And they went, well, we took the wrong turn. We, we need to go in there, and we just need to turn our caravans oh, around. So we opened up the gates. Seven caravans go in. They just drove to the back of the training ground and parked. Planted up, yeah. Just planted, just parked no up. No way. Yeah. And, and wouldn't leave. <laughs> That's what they do. And wouldn't leave. They refused to leave. Refused to leave. So they were actually on the fields. On the fields. Yeah. And Big Dave, <laughs> can you imagine all the management showing on Big Dave? Like, oh, <laughs> Big Harry. Dave, what have you done? Yeah. Where's all these players so what, come so from? So what happened? <laughs> they did a deal with them in a school adjacent to the uh, training ground. Uh, they did a deal with them in the school that they would place them there and give them four months or something like that. So, so like w- w- the football club's more important than the school, is what you're saying. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's England. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's West Ham, yeah. damn it. They're back yeah. in the prem. But Not these kids' education. Any ah, ball, any bad, ball yeah. for four months that went Go over on. the hedge, you never see the ball really? again. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, you idiots. Cook kicking the ball over there. <laughs> Little kids would take the ball and run. I lived in this, this small village in, in England, and every year, every summer, there'd be what they called the horse fair would roll the town. It was just that. And the, the, the village green, all these um, gypsies would, would show up with their caravans, right, and hang yeah. out, right, and of course, you know, we're all warned about this, oh, lock your doors. They were great lads. We'd yeah. play football and cricket with them, you know, and my yeah. parents would be saying, so where have you been all day? Ah, oh, the, 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 the village square, playing cricket with the, the gypsies. Like, <laughs> what? You've done what? But they're different they're gypsies. Great lads. They're travelling gypsies. They're travellers. Right. We, we to... had different gypsies living near me. They were uh, urban gypsies. Urban gypsies. Like um, Tom Hardy's character in uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, he wasn't. No, he was not Jewish. Jewish. He was Jewish. No, he was like, Jewish. like uh, Brad Pitt's character in, yeah. in Snatch. But yeah, but I mean, they lived Blinders, there and though, they stayed there. They're, they're all no of gypsy. The gypsies stock, in though, right? Blinders are Romano gypsies. They're different. Are they? Okay, so they're from uh, Roman gypsies. Yeah. Okay. Danny, well, Danny, Danny, Danny knows his travelers. Yeah. <laughs> he does know his tra- apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Wong is yeah. just. He, he, Dad, he you look like a little bit of a traveler. Oh, as well. I've been a traveler. My whole family is travelers. <laughs> hey? Where haven't you traveled to, Wong? <laughs> Jesus. But we don't talk about it. <laughs> Good too answer. many, too many, too many arrest warrants. <laughs> Tyson Fury, a very famous gypsy. Yes. Yeah. See, he's a Roman gypsy. He's a Roman gypsy yeah. too. Okay. Well, now you have it. There you go. I know. They were not bad fast bowlers. I remember that much. <laughs> the traveling gypsies, not the Roman gypsies. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. All right, we should probably move on here. Um, obviously, as it's a new year, now we're a little bit dated here, but you know, we, let's talk about New Year's resolutions, not either for yourself personally or 
within the game? Do you have any that, that, that jump out, that things you're going to expect or hope or try for this year in 2020? Deech, this is your, this is your idea, so you better have one. No, I was, I was sending it out to you fellas <laughs> to see whether you had any New Year's resolutions. Well, you know what? I think New Year's resolutions are a load of bullshit. I really do. I think I'm glad you pro- uh, like, proposed the no, segment. Back in the day, like you, everyone used to be, like, <laughs> so we can start another argument. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> everyone used to be so like, linked into this New Year's resolution. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop sugar. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. It lasts for fucking two weeks, and then everyone's back to. It's like the gym memberships. Yeah, I know. Like, mm. That's why they push so much in January. After the third week in January, the gyms are empty. So. You should try and stick to a lifestyle that you can live throughout the year, not just in fucking January. So, yeah, you want to cut back on certain things. Is this one of your, your pregame speeches to your, no, your teams? No. Sounds like it. No, just, this is all bullshit. Just like Everything you learn is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> your, your family must be just, it must be just amazing. Oh, that. yeah, we argue all the time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Danny's getting great. And, and then he's all philo- philosophical like that, you know, just live a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, all like, over you know, the place. But it's the Italian way, right? The Italian families get together and they fight and then they kiss. Yeah. And they love, they love each other. We all hug each other at the end. Yeah, precisely. They don't talk English, to each other for English a couple much, <laughs> English aren't much better. <laughs> no, yeah. hey? They love a domestic. Yeah. domestic. No <laughs> How was your family fun. experience this uh, Christmas Christmas? Oh, speaking of domestics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is your first time in, in Vancouver in, uh, for Christmas in... Since 1986. Jesus. Yeah. Do you now know why it was your last... Christmas yeah no no it was good it was really good I saw a bunch of family around that time that I hadn't seen at Christmas for for decades so it was uh it was great seeing some cousins no I didn't have any time for that no No, I wasn't in the right area the lower mainland well saying that you don't have to go very far to you in Vancouver but no I didn't have any time then went on the island to see my dad Vancouver Island so spent some time out there didn't see uh Megan and Harry, but they oh. were around. Oh, they were on the island. That's right. Mm-hmm. Was it? it was was it the buzz? There? I have no idea. Was, was it? I think a place. No, they're renting right now. Got, got um, a Airbnb. <laughs> 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 um, what, is it the buzz though? We're in the island. Oh, guess who's coming? Harry no. and, and Megan. No, Are you no one cares. There's only no. one buzz, and on I think that that's island. probably why they liked it. I know. <laughs> Nor should they care. Who gives There's a only one buzz crap? on that island? Yeah. <laughs> one day we'll get into a, a discussion on the royals and how. Utterly ridiculous it is. But anyway, make sure that I'm my wife for that one. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Dave. <laughs> no, I think no, most of our, our, I think most of our listeners would be, uh, they wouldn't be overly. Well, I don't know. I might be wrong. Well, they would they be pro royal or a little mix? It's a load of nonsense. You ask me. Yeah, utter nonsense. I watched the Crown. I can base that on an informed opinion. View <laughs> <laughs> Sharp. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, that whole thing seems to be getting a little, a little bit softer opinions in North America than in England. In they, England they've yeah. been hit pretty hard as far as what they're doing, and it's quite amazing actually the, the access they've, they've they've got. Really, yeah. You know, and the stuff they're outing. I mean, the Royals must have signed off on it, I guess, to a certain point, right? Going back to New Year's resolutions, I fobbed it all off. Have you got any New Year's resolutions, Sean? Football-wise? Uh, you know what? I have one, and it's just to enjoy this year because this might be the best year as a football fan I've ever experienced, right? So Liverpool back at the top, winning the Premier League. Yeah. Who knows what happens in Europe? England have a fantastic team, I think, for Euro. Mm. One of the favourites. This could be the greatest year I've ever experienced as a football fan. Liverpool champions, dare I say it, England, European champions. <sighs> So I'm going to just sit back and enjoy it, not overthink it, yeah. which, you know, is never difficult with you two just guys. Just overdrink it. Overdrink, overdrink it. it, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm quitting sugar and I'm um, joining a gym. Oh. No, I'm not. See? <laughs> You're one of those guys. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> what about you, Craig? Do you have any, or football-wise or otherwise? No. No? Oh, this is a great segment. Thanks, no. Teach, for suggesting it. Hey, um, Ed, you. Oh, sorry. What's that? Okay. Give us some. Uh, Enlighten us. Now that Harry and Megan are moving to, uh, to Thank you, you know, Canada, yeah. I think it's about time that another half-something yeah. marries into the family. Oh. I'm going to take a shot at Prince Andrew. I still, <laughs> I still look pretty good. I could pass as an 18 year old, you know, boy Asian girl from or Asian boy, Asian girl or 13. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you have a chance. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. going for. That Jeffrey Epstein you line, like by the way, but Ricky Gervais was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, you got a 13 year old boy's mom. I absolutely do. Andrew might look. Like Andrew that. might get get confused, and I might like it. 
little soft touching on the fanny. It's a new open-minded. Yeah. His hands Dan wouldn't be rough, would they? No, no, not yeah. at a hard day's soft work. Hands, that cat. Yeah, he doesn't do any dishes. No. <laughs> Once it be in turn, it'd be a great segment. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> With you know, sugar and pedophiles. Great. That's that's great. This is, this is good. good resolution. Yeah, that's going on the description. The show description today. <laughs> sugar and pedophiles. Yeah. Or is it pedophiles? You know, we, we over here it's pedophiles, right? Over in England it's pedophiles. Yeah. Right? The Potato E is pedophiles. Yep. <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. Um, I actually have one more. I, I think um, if I was going to suggest a um, resolution for anyone in football, it would be Paul Pogba. Right? Just to give himself a shake, to remember what he is first. He might footballer. get injured, though, if he shakes himself. Yeah, I know. But I mean, is this becoming uh, a player who's just undergone more surgery? Um, after almost breaking back into the mm. team. Is this a, one of those players who, who, I know he's a World Cup winner, it's tough to criticise a guy, right? But isn't going to reach the heights that we, we thought he could reach? Because right now, it's, it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Uh, I feel that Paul Pogba is not doing himself any favours with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well, who really needs him. And he's really backed him as well. And remember, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, used to be the reserve team manager at Manchester United when he was kind of developing into a coach. Right. And Paul Bogba played for him then. So they have a history together. And I just feel at this this time when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs like, experienced guys, he needs leaders within that locker room. And he's looking at Paul Pogba. I just don't... Uh, like. I know he's gone for ankle surgery now. I think it is, But I'm sure if you said that Juve or... Real Madrid were were in the mix. You, you're you're okay to sign for him. He would have walked there by himself. He would have ran there. I just don't think he's giving it. And the Manchester United fans, his all, and yeah. that's disappointing for me because I think he's an exceptional talent when he's on his game. But we've seen some performances in, from him in the last twelve months or so that have been very very poor, well below par, uh, well below his. Uh, performance average, which he showed in the World Cup as well. I yeah. think too is that you know his. You think that his character would be like I have unfinished business at Manchester United. You know they brought me back here. Need to do this sort of thing and build a team, be part of that. And I'm not sure he has that character. I think he'd bail on anything. Yeah, it seems you get a way. lot of the guys like them. You know, in the past that have been like that too. Well, especially nowadays, you know, with there's so many distractions off the field for a guy like Paul Pogba. You know, a young guy. You know, he's cool. He's got a lot of interest. You know, um, oh, and he's now won the World Cup, so he's yeah, you know, like, right, right. Which is obviously brilliant, but there's a lot of things that you'd think that he'd want to fulfill. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure, but I'm not sure he does. They got two or three players at Manchester United that I feel are not in the best interests of playing for Manchester United Football Club. As you said, they've they've got other things going on that they feel are as important. Uh, I've spoken before, Manchester United are, are one of the biggest football clubs in the world. And regardless of whether you're into fashion, music, wherever it is, your job that you're being paid to do and, and to perform and you're obliged to perform and, and re represent is to play for that professional football club, Manchester United. And I don't like to name names, but Paul Pogba is up there. Um... Lingard is up there as well. He's been criticised a lot he's recently. Been he's, his game's just fallen off a cliff. He's, he's had to come off of social media because there was certain stuff. And I think they were dragging a couple of players along with them. Now, I, I see that Manchester United are starting to bring in a couple of younger players as well, hungry players. We've seen Williams as of late. We've seen Greenwood who's come in and scored goals. And you're starting to see that, that, that hunger... Uh, a little bit better. I'm not saying they're performing at their highest capabilities, but they've definitely introduced a little bit more eagerness to want to wanna play and perform. And they're going to make mistakes as young players, but they have to be given the chance. They have to be given the opportunity. And they've shown well so far. Who'd have thought that Scott McTominay's become almost more important than yeah. Paul Pogba, right? Because he gives a shift. Right now it's hurt, of course. But well, they're in for this boy as well, aren't they? Bruno uh, Fernandes. Uh, Bruno Fernandes at Sporting. There's rumours that that's going to go ahead this week. So, Does Ole finish the season at United, do you think? I don't think so. I, I hope so, this but season. I really don't think so. I think Really? Uh, but then again, I, I thought something would have happened over Christmas if they were going to make a move. So maybe That's what does. I thought too. Poch is waiting in the wings. You're not going to let Poch, if you want Pochettino to come in, you're not going to let him sit 
and be open to other uh-huh. offers from the likes of Barcelona, whoever it is. There's Maybe clubs. Man City. I mean, there's talk about Pep yeah. leaving end of the season. Now, if you're Poch, would you rather go to City or United? It's mm. pretty straightforward, isn't it? So that's that's mm-hmm. the difficult thing for Manchester United. You know, they have they committed to Ole for the two, three, four years and saying he we need to rebuild, we need to to get back to where we are, we need to get our identity back. This is the guy that's gonna help us because he's been part of the club. He knows mm-hmm. um he, he has a good relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson as well. Or do we chop and change again and keep searching for that person that's gonna bring back Success. Should a manager be learning his trade at United, like Oli is? That's the question. Or should he be the finished, polished product? Well, I mean, obviously there's some debates there. Winning is obviously a cure for that. But um, if he wouldn't be there now if, if people like Alex Ferguson didn't believe that he was a really good coach. Who I think that that, would, that train would have sailed a long time ago, or the boat would have sailed a long time ago. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so are they looking to – have some stability at the club, give him some time, a lot of time. Um, Alex Ferguson needed time. I mean, he nearly sure. was a, probably a game away in his own words, being getting fired back in the day. So he had some time, um, and they got to you know, decide on whether they, you know, like you say, I thought if they were going to make the change, they would have done it now before Christmas. So they're giving him uh, responsibility moving forward at this point and this time anyway so I think they do like him within for sure do you think though for for a manager be it Poch or Allegri or whoever do you think the the allure of managing Manchester United the brand will supersede all the the, the issues with that club the lack of you know um, a sporting director you know the lack of success uh, all these big time Charlies making lots of money right now will yeah. that will they still be lured by the name of the club as opposed oh, to the it's actual got running a massive of the club? lure doesn't it Massive, and if you yeah. can, if you're the one that turns that around, look at Klopp. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good so, example, actually. Yeah. yeah, so they have the capability. Can be done. It. it can be done. Yeah, and they'll give them every opportunity to do that. It's still a pretty good team, really. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, mm. it's not going to win any trophies, perhaps, or very mm. few trophies, but it's still going to be competing for the top four at the moment. And there's there's talent on that squad right now to build something. I mean, Marcus Rashford's yeah. been sensational, right? There's good players. You saw. You mentioned Williams, young guys coming through. Defensively, there's issues, but Harry Maguire is a pretty decent player. You know, he's an 80 mm-hmm. million pound player. Um, you got uh, Basaka, pretty good young player, potential there. So, I mean, there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. With the right coach, and maybe yeah. it is Oli. You're just chasing something a standard right now that we're seeing at the top in the last few years. Is either Man City or Liverpool is in a different stratosphere from everybody else. That's a tough standard to catch, but like I say, it doesn't last forever. So. Kun Aguero, by the way, for City, scored his 12th <clears throat> Premier League hat-trick, 16th for City overall, 177 goals, the most goals ever by a foreign player yeah, beat in the Henry. Premier League, beat yeah. Henri. Sergio Aguero, is he still underrated <coughs> a little bit, do you think, outside the game? I mean, I don't know, I just get that impression. He, to me, he's, I don't know. Why do you do feel you, he's underrated? Like, who by? The press? Well, 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 I remember fans? when Henri and, and when Shearer were scoring goals, right? They were beloved, right? And they're, you know, they've got so much press. But maybe it's because he's surrounded by so many other great players. I don't know. But he's got to be looked upon as being, if not the greatest, in the top three in, in Premier League history, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Amazing. Watching him yesterday, just his low center of gravity, his ability on the ball, his, his decisions where he runs... Um, I mean, everybody on that team is just well in sync with it, what they're doing. But, yeah, they're trying to kick him off the ball, and he just bounces off things. He's a top, top player. Yeah, Brilliant. I mean, he's been incredible over the years and just consistent with it, too. When and big moments fits, as well as just oh, scoring goals, moments, right? When the they, biggest moment, in yeah, fact. Yeah, one of the, that was fun that day, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> not even from Man City fan, I'm not a Man City fan, but just the, you know, the, the actual It's even better watching the, the Man United fans and, yeah, thinking yeah, they won. Right, that's even better. <laughs> Interesting to note as well, yesterday Pep's quotes after the game where he, he was asked what makes Aguero like, so good and stating the obvious facts and saying he's a poacher in, in and around the box. He just said he's, he's a great guy. He's, he's a, a player's guy. He loves playing football. He loves being uh, around his mates. He, he called it yesterday Pep Guardiola. And for me, that's a big, big part. Okay, we can speak about strikers being ruthless and, and kind of selfish. But when you have a player that's willing to do the work, offer the ball as well, 
And you remember when Pep come into the, the club uh, a few years back, everyone was kind of writing Aguero off. They just bought this young boy, Jesus, who was going to come in and replace him. Yeah. And people were saying Aguero is not Pep's type of player. He's not going to want to do the work off of the ball. He's not going to want to press. Well, Aguero's bought into Pep's philosophy. And I think that's kind of moved him on even higher in my estimations because he, he's adjusted He's still getting his chances. He's still getting his goals. He's working for the team. Can he play every game week in, week out? No. Pep said that. He said he's had his struggles with injuries. But to be the top foreign goal scorer in the Premier League is is a very, very high... Um, mm-hmm. Like he's also, he's also a guy that... Thierry Henry we're talking about here. Yeah, I know, precisely. Thierry Henry was, in my opinion, one of the best strikers that I've ever seen play on a football field to witness. And Aguero has surpassed him. Mm-hmm. So would you... Okay, so say you're picking your, your all-time greatest team, right? And you can pick one striker, right? So you, obviously you've got your Shearers maybe, or your Henri's, your Aguero's. Maybe a Rooney might slide in there in some people's votes. Who, who From an English Premier League player I'm talking about here. Yeah. Who are you picking? Are you picking Aguero over Henri, over Shearer? Or do they still have that lure? I don't think you'd go wrong with any of them. <laughs> I know. That's not the question, though. <laughs> well, yeah. You can't I mean, go wrong. You're right. There's not a wrong answer. No. So how would no. personally, who would, you, who would you pick? As a goalkeeper, who would you fear in more my, coming towards you or in the, in the area? Uh, you know, different for different reasons. I mean, she, I probably played against Shearer certainly the most out of any of those guys. And he uh, potted his fair, fair few goals as well against <laughs> me. But... Um, out and out, I like just incredible finisher, sheer, you know, strong, powerful. If I was going to pick any of those guys, I'd still take sheer, uh, mm-hmm. tough to play against. He would will the ball in the net, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then you know, some of the the more difficult guys, I always say the difficult players to play against were the big, big, tall players that we used to see, like Deech, more you know, so the eighties, nineties were very direct. They were tough to play against, you know. Yeah, in yeah, a different way, right? But in a different tough. way, because like Henri or Aguero types uh, coming in on you, Klinsmans of the world, they they're gonna just tuck it in the corner, and it doesn't necessarily make you look bad. It just they're just good finishers, right? But the big guys coming in and clouting you and trying yeah. to yeah. bundle you and play rugby with well, it's basically rugby without your hands. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk when you talk about Shearer though, like for me, Shearer could score a goal any different way. He yeah. could score with his right foot, his left foot, inside the box. Outside of the box, he used to hit screamers. He could score with his head. He was very brave with his head. So for me, looking uh, at a striker, too. good penalty, free kick taker as well. Mm. He was an all-round striker that I looked up to uh, as a young English boy as well and said, this is as close to the perfect striker as we're ever going to produce. Mm-hmm. And then you had the likes of Dennis Bergkamp come through, uh, who, like, when watching him, it was, like, magical. It's like watching Messi now. Dennis was two, three steps ahead of everyone else. When you watched him on uh, in mm-hmm. a game, his movement, his anticipation, uh, just his game intelligence was wonderful to watch. And then, uh, as you've said, like, Thierry Henry and Aguero now, they're very, very clever players in and around the box. They, they link the play very well, so... It's just been a progression of of how uh, an evolution of how the strikers are now mm-hmm. become, and it's it's wonderful to see, especially if you're a young striker now, to see these different mix of strikers. Because as Craig said, back in the day, me growing up, I didn't really have any kind of mentors that I would look at and go, "Oh yeah, I can kind of model my game on him." It's just like yeah. big man, little man, That's up what, top, yeah, and I was the big expected, man. right? Yeah. yeah so, was there ever a point though? When was that point when you thought, "Okay, I'm a, I'm a good player. I know what I'm good at." But I, I can never be that. I can't be Alan Shearer. I can't be Ornery. Is it is there a point in a professional's career when, and, and I, may, I say this all the respect to the world because you have both had excellent careers, when you realise, you know, I'm good, I'm really good, but I'm not going to be that good. I think that's the key for, for any young um, professional player is knowing what you're good at. The moment that you're starting to try to be someone else is the moment that you're going to lose kind of your your understanding of where you can get to mm-hmm. there's no point in me thinking that I could dribble like Messi when th- that was not my game but right. if there was a ball to be played up and I had to hold off two defenders to link You're the play for the attacking <laughs> mid I was more proficient at doing that than probably Messi is mm-hmm. so there's different profiles and the understanding in trying to get that through to younger players and saying listen 
you're excellent at taking people on on 1v1. You're not very good at crossing. So try and maybe release the ball a little bit earlier. Or you're very good at finishing in and around the box. So we're going to try and progress the ball up to you so that we can get the ball into you in the 18-yard box. Know your limitations, basically. Know your limitations. Work on stuff that you need to work on for sure, whether it be your weak foot, whether it be your heading, whether it be your first touch. But know your strong points and keep working at that because that's going to progress you and that's going to highlight you to either coaches watching or people, GMs wanting to give you contracts and really, really focus on that because that is a big part of your game that you've been noticed and that you are going to progress. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, I wonder, though, if you look at your, your careers and, and was there that point when you realised, yeah, I mean, I'm good, I'm not Shearer, you know, I'm not whatever, but I could still play a part in the great United teams of, you know, the late 90s. If I was on that team, I'd score a crap load of goals. Or I could, mm-hmm. I could, you know, Schmeichel's brilliant. We know he's brilliant, but I could still win a championship with that team in front of me. Sure. Must have been, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to have a belief in yourself yeah. as well, and you could play a part. I mean, remember Dion Dublin? He went to Manchester United. That's mm-hmm. a good point. And he's not really your Manchester United type, you wouldn't yeah. think. Um, but playing to your strengths, you can sometimes you can do a job for, for somebody. Mm-hmm. Danny's right. Yeah, absolutely. Not everybody, it doesn't matter. You can always have a dream of being like Messi or Ronaldo, but realistically, that's not going to happen. And uh, you have to work really hard on your weaknesses, build yourself, but again, know what your strengths are. And like Danny says, play to those and uh, as much as you possibly can and bring bring your best to that and try to participate and help your team in any way you can. Mm-hmm. Talking about yeah. last week, the FA Cup, I think it was... Uh, Port Vale played against Man City. Did you see the quotes from the striker? No, I didn't uh, see it. Tom Pope, I think his name was. So he must have been watching a game last year in the Champions League and he tweeted out something like he was hammering John Stones. He was having a little bash at him saying, oh, Jesus Christ, if I played uh, against John Stones week in, week out, I'd score 40 goals. <laughs> oh, I did hear this actually. Yeah, so then he yeah. played against him in the FA Cup and uh, I think City won 4-1. But this fella scored an equaliser for Port Vale. <laughs> And he tweeted out afterwards, he said, my apologies for my tweet mid-season um, that I said I would score 40-plus goals playing against John Stones week in, week out. It was a mistake. I'd score 50. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So apparently, like, you, you got a little bit of stick over it. And, uh, <laughs> but there must be that player, right, you played with who, who thought he was much better than he really was. Oh, there's hundreds of them. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, jeez, guy, give yourself a shake. You're not yeah. that good. Yeah. It must just drive you crazy, right? Don't, stop trying to beat three guys yeah. you know, oh, when, you, when you can't do it. It's good for banter in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was that guy for you? Uh, I'm trying to think. Who was better? Who thought they were better than they were? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, the crap you took in that room. Yeah, the crap, yeah. <laughs> It's all their fault. It's all your <laughs> fault. I think with younger players as well, it's, it's an understanding of not being negative and trying to take their confidence away from them, but also bringing the reins back on them a little bit to, to try and make them understand, look, these are your strengths, as, as Craig was saying. This is what you're very, very good at. Yes, we can always improve at that, but don't try to start thinking you can do other stuff, which is going to probably hinder your career. Mm-hmm. So... You want them to have the confidence. You want them to have the belief that they can score 30, 40 goals a year, for sure. But also try to make them understand or buy into how they're going to get possibly 20, 25, and possibly 30, by, as we've spoken about by Klopp, buying into the team's overall objectives and not just being stuck on your personal goals or your individual goals, which is hard for a striker because yeah. strikers are very selfish in the mm-hmm. sense that my goal and and tally. You, you are judged on that. Yeah, you're judged. Simple as that's that. what you're paid the big money for as well. well I mean, yeah. defenders would be the same if you had a centre back that thought he was really good on the ball. Big time. I think defenders were even worse than strikers. Yeah, yeah. Because they're Just, all they're all want to be strikers. Defenders. That's why they got <laughs> moved back. Midfielders and then defenders. Come on, and then goalkeepers. And then goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah. All the goalkeepers used to play up front. If they were, if we had more goalkeepers oh, yeah. in the five-a-side game, we used, to, we used to stick them up top. And they were not bad. By yeah, the way. yeah, I've yeah. heard that before. Edwin Van der Sar, right? They're saying he could have been a Premier League goal uh, striker had he, you know, uh, chosen that position. He, crouchy, he was that yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Big crouchy. Yeah. Well, I see Craig play up top. A bit half I, nearly got, I nearly got on back when they, you know, with the you only had three subs and you had a goalkeeper sub. Yeah. 
and they ran out of, uh, they had no more players. We've For West Ham? No, it was Ipswich back in the day. And I stood on the sideline, had my jersey on, like well, ready to go on up front. It. Oh my God, I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody went down injured. I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. This is going to be unbelievable. That's and then brilliant. they got off the ground and I think oh. they couldn't even walk, but they're like, that's better than you going on. <laughs> those, those were the days when we didn't even have a goalkeeper on the bench. You just had one goalkeeper, yeah. and I went in goal well, a couple take, of times. Right? You could have, you could have three. You could have three, you could but be anybody you, could you choose, wanted. Yeah. But a lot of times, why would you have a goalkeeper? Choose the chances of that ever happening. But if it did, then the out player had to go in net. Yeah. Well, I, went in, I went in net a couple of times. Did, did you really? Yeah, oh, late, yeah. Late on in games, so like it was either an injury or something. And then I went on. But isn't that that's cool? Didn't you? you oh, I loved like, it. I loved it, right? <laughs> so were, were, were your opponents like you just saw their eyes light up like they're going to shoot from yeah. everywhere, right? Like, oh, you're gonna, you're but it wasn't because it. I was good with my hands, right? It was just because I was the biggest guy. Like, yeah. They weren't going to put you know, five foot three. Paul uh, Pesci. Pesci on. He was. He was. They put him in. He was a good goalkeeper. He wasn't bad. Like in Some training, of the, he would, the small fellas can be right. And Pele was Brazil's backup goalkeeper, right? In, in the great Brazil teams before subs, Pele was the backup. I'm not sure if you saw game time, but apparently he was incredible in goal. And so is Wayne yeah. Rooney. Yeah, uh, I've read about that. He's, he's just brilliant in, in yeah, between I've the seen six. Some clips of him. Yeah, yeah. See, everybody wanted goalkeepers want to be strikers. Strikers want to be goalkeepers. <laughs> but how do you get on the field though? What would you would you just be like lump it for and just get right in the box and cause a scourge? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in the mixer. You're just dying for yeah, it, right? Diagonal. Put it in the mixer. I'll get my head on it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I wanted to score. I wanted to really wanted to score. Came close for Canada once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Just hoofing it forward. West Ham actually, White Hart Lane too. I had a decent header that was clear oh, off the line. We got to try and get them clips. Going to say, try and get these clips. Be incredible, isn't it? Yeah. All right, fellas. Uh, we're out of time, right? Spike, Spike, yeah, Edney. Yeah. Out All right. Time. All right. Well, listen, that's fun. Getting back at it. Yes. Um, I am away next week, okay. but I'm sure these guys will figure it out somehow. Um, I have to get Ed as the host. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, uh, follow us on all things social Twitter, footy underscore prime, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, footy prime the podcast. Let us know your thoughts anytime at footy prime podcast at gmail.com. Our thanks, as always, to our hosts here, Eggplant Picture and Sound, and our home away from home, the deanblundell.com. All right, thanks, boys and girls, for listening. Thank you. Thank you, fellas, and we'll be back very shortly. Cheers for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 